Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to One Life Live It podcast. This is episode five, and I'm so happy to be joined here today with, um, I'm going to go on a little blurb here, just bear with me, but you know the way I roll. So I'm going to go, so I am blessed to be here today with uh, the king of the beard, (laughs) community player of the year for the Growlers Hockey Club, Newfoundland Growlers, I'm going to get to that. Kelly Cup champion, director of the drop shoulder, chip and chaser, future, I know you're going to like this one, Jack Adams award winner. I like that one. We're going to get to that too. Uh, Coffee chat enthusiast, right? I mean, I love that. And assistant coach of the Cranbrook Bucks. Am I correct on any of that? Yeah, that was uh, quite the introduction, Kelly. Uh, Thanks for having me. Obviously, this is number 15 with Newfoundland Growlers, Todd Skirving, and I'm so blessed to be with you today, Todd. Thank you so much for joining me on uh, the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, catch up and talk a little hockey and see how things are going out on the rock. Yeah, well, we're, uh, we're in the tropical island of Newfoundland today. We are being drowned out uh, with uh, some good old rain, but uh, the summer was here for a couple of days. Um, hopefully, that'll stick around, but yeah, no, we're glad, and we're going to do some catching up, so... Um, Obviously, how long has it been since uh, your second home uh, has seen you now? How long has it been since you've been here? I think the last time I was there, I think it flew out on December 5th. So it's, uh, it's been some time, obviously missing it a lot right now. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been quite a while. I mean, last time I, we skated there, it's been since last March. So it's uh, been a long time. Yeah, and, and, and as, a, as a team, but you were skating when you were uh, back here a little bit, and I guess as much as, the, as you could get on the ice at that point in time, not knowing if things were really going to take off and always trying to be ready, and, and uh, that's, I guess, the life of a professional hockey player. So uh, we're starting to get geared up a little bit here now, even though the season is winding down in the uh, National Hockey League, um, but we're only months away from hopefully opening the doors back up to uh, at Mile One Stadium, Mile One Center. And uh, hopefully a, a season uh, for the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, can we expect that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's th- things are looking good. Obviously, it uh, looks like Newfoundland's open up to the rest of the country, I believe, on July 1st. Uh, I follow uh, all the tweets, all the news out with NTV there. I follow, follow Kelly Ann Roberts a lot. <laughs> so uh, if I have well, a question, I, I, I send it her way usually because she usually has an answer for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Ontario starting to open up here a little bit, uh, phase two starts on the 30th. doesn't really change much, really. I could finally get a haircut, but, um, you know, just for us, the biggest thing I think is just having the border open. Right. I mean, obviously, uh, that's, uh, was the problem last year with not being able to have a season, but, um, hopefully we're able to get the border open, uh, sooner rather than later. And then obviously that would help with, uh, getting a season on the go. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and we're hoping, and you're going to be a part of this. The Growlers? Uh, I don't know if I should uh, announce yeah. that one yet. I'm not sure. I still have decisions to make, obviously. Uh, yes. Free agency doesn't start till uh, I think, July 9th. So, obviously, I keep in contact with Dean monthly, uh, keep in contact with Snowy and stuff, and have conversations with them. And then, obviously, I was coaching out in Cranbrook, and, opportunity there as well so uh kind of a lot on the go right now just kind of sitting back and seeing how things play out a little bit but uh yeah we'll see where it goes listen you're a huge fan favorite here and uh you know uh 
the community of Newfoundland loves the way you play and you play passionately, which is uh, why I wanted you to kind of come on this podcast because you're a passionate guy. You're a champion. You're someone who's worked hard for everything uh, he's, he's, he's got. So, um, you know, you really have embraced the community yourself too. I mean, uh, you were out there during snowmageddon. You were helping people, uh, you know, uh, get free. <laughs> and uh, it was incredible to watch you. And you have really, truly embraced this community as your home. I don't joke about that. You really have. Yeah, no, I, I definitely miss it. I watch a lot of uh, live cams uh, with O'Reilly's, Shamrock City, uh, you know, Dave White and the boys at Greensleeves. Uh, it's funny, Terry Ryan will sometimes FaceTime me, Obi will FaceTime me right from the stage. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I love it there. I mean, the people there are great. Yep. Um, it really is like a second home. I obviously have a piece of my heart there. Got to know a lot of people, you know, that have come family, friends now with my parents even. Uh, just a lot of special people out there. And like I said, I always say is, you know, when you engrave yourself in the community, it makes things a lot more enjoyable, you know, get to know the culture and, and really put yourself out there. Um, and I think, like I said, it's just a lot more fun that way and no other way to really do it. So. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't fake that. You either live that or you don't. And, and that's certainly well, uh, you know, uh, certainly well embedded in you. And I guess that comes from your family. Do you want to talk a little bit about your family? Yeah. They- I mean, my parents are my biggest supporters, obviously. Um, you know, they kind of always taught me to give back to the community uh, as I always say in previous interviews and stuff is like, I was always a kid waiting for an autograph and, and after a game and they'd, I, you know, they give me the time of day. So my dad always said, make sure you make the time, take the time out of your day to give back when you have the opportunity. I mean, we have a very unique platform being, you know, professional athletes. I know it's only at the ECHL level, but uh, we're kind of on a bigger stage and we can set an example for not just kids, but I mean, everyday people, adults, I mean, you know what I mean? So I try to do that to the best of my ability. It's the least we could do, uh, you know, coming into your guys' city and and being able to play there. So I I enjoy it. Like I said, it it makes it a lot more fun. I mean, when you can put a, when fans can put a face, you know, to a name and actually get to them on a personal level, I mean, I don't have any family in Newfoundland, but, you know, to go out on the ice every night, play for the city and and know those people personally, it it makes it just so much more fun and it gives you a little extra boost in your step to uh, win games, win championships and be successful, not only for the team, but for, you know, the city and the entire province. Well, the rock, we're out in the ocean, man. Uh, it's hard to get here, but when you get here, you don't want to leave for sure. So um, the Coles Notes version of Todd, a little bit about, you know, kind of where you're from and, and uh, you know, a little bit about your hockey background. It's been a little travel. Yeah, definitely uh, had a few stops along the way. Uh, I started playing when I was three, um, you know, played hockey growing up, uh, really started. I mean, I had a little bit of travel hockey along the way, but really started to actually when I was 12, I had to decide between baseball and hockey. My dad kind of said, you know, not fair to uh, the kids at the baseball field when you're showing up midway through a game and, and jumping right into the lineup, which I totally understood. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I was a better hockey player at 12. So I, I stuck with hockey. My dad was a pro fast pitch player. So I know it probably ate him up a little bit, but I knew he would always support me no matter which way I chose. So from there, I played a little bit of double uh, a hockey and then played rep hockey, 17, 18, and then moved away from home at 18, played a year in the BCHL with Vernon and Prince George, and then did two years in the USHL with Sioux Falls and then went for four years, Division One at RIT. And then uh, I injured myself senior year, so I, I was actually kind of nervous. I thought my career might be ending just because I, I wasn't able to shoot a puck. It was, it was a wrist injury that really uh, held me back a little bit, but then was able, fortunate to start my pro career in Orlando. Uh, Snowy was the assistant at the time. And then I uh, kind of bounced around that year with call-ups between the American League and ECHL. So I went from Orlando to uh, 
Utah within, and, and within a two week span, I was back in Atlanta. So I was a crazy rookie year. Second year, went back to Atlanta to start the season, got released the week before the season. And then, uh, again, ended up, uh, you know, keeping in touch with snowy, thankfully, uh, to be honest, don't know if I'd still be playing today if it wasn't for coach Snowden and Ryan Klo to uh, bring me out there and, and give me a role that I was more than willing to accept. I remember kind of just snowy the on a Sunday, long story short, just saying, are, are you okay with this? If you know, this contract and that is like, snowy, just send me the contract and I'll sign it. I'll fly out tomorrow. And I was out the next day and I, I remember my first game was a Tuesday against Adirondack and uh, the rest is kind of history. Now I've been a growler since and, um, you know, no really other place I'd rather be. I mean, there's obviously I could have maybe played this year, but uh, I waited this long to maybe possibly be able to put on a growler jersey again someday. And uh, I wasn't going to go play anywhere else. So yeah, it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind, but uh, you know, it's kind of made me the person and player I am today. And honestly, I have no regrets. I mean, you could go overseas, you can go other places. I could work, I could start coaching and stuff maybe sooner. But uh, again, uh, I love what I do. I mean, I, I might not make a ton of money doing it, but to me, the money isn't a big deal. Uh, I get to go wake up every day and do what I love. So not, not everyone can say that. So I'm just going to stick with that for now and just keep enjoying it and riding it for uh, as long as I can. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it's a unique story and I love the way that you, you that never give up attitude has been, you know, just listening to it. And, and so much of this is relationships, you know, as you just mentioned, Coach Snowden and, uh, and Snowy as he's, as he's beloved to you, but you know, the relationships that you built and how they've been able to open up doors along the way and, and uh, to be able to continue the journey along with so many people. And I've often said, you know, if you can walk side by side with someone as opposed to in front or behind, that's so important. And, you know, I, I was had the opportunity to coach Brian Klo when he was in Bantam hockey, actually. Uh, that was a long time ago. And um, I remember a story he shared with me and I think that and it resonates to this day, but Ryan uh, had gotten a three-game tryout with Ramuski halfway through his junior A uh, uh, season in uh, Moncton. He was playing for the Moncton Beavers, and uh, he got a three-game tryout. It was kind of like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday type thing. And, and I remember actually a story was shared from his dad, but his dad had mentioned to me that uh, when he dropped Ryan off <laughs> at the airport, he said, you know, um, what, uh, you know, I'll, I'll come pick you up on Sunday. And uh, Ryan said, don't come pick me up anymore. I'm not coming back home. And it was just, it's just that moment, you know, when you're, you know, you're 17 years old, you're 18 years old, and you got to make that decision that you're never going to come back to where you're to, that you're going to give whatever it takes to make it happen. It's just something special. I think that was, you know, that was to watch that from a dad's point of view, watch that from a hockey point of view, to make that decision at that age. And that's something that you just shared that you had to do too. It's incredible. It's incredible to have that passion to really pursue uh, all of those goals that you, uh, that you have. Yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, like I said, I couldn't do it without my parents. Um, but at early age, too, with the speaking of the Quebec, like obviously the OHL was kind of knocking on the door a little bit, but I, I didn't think I was ready. I didn't really want to go sit. I think the best way to get better is play. So I actually didn't even play rep hockey at 15. I played double A and I literally probably overplayed games, like just played a ton and grew a lot. And then kind of decided at that time that probably best to go to the school route because I'm not that muscular, not big, you know, not really strong, just kind mm -hmm. of. Uh, a little immature uh, with my body size a little bit. And then, yeah. So, I mean, it ended up working out. My, my goal was obviously get a division one scholarship and then hopefully play pro, but, you know, just kind of taking those baby steps at a time to uh, keep climbing the ladder. Really. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. So, but very thankful for obviously the opportunities I've had along the way. I mean, I look back at it even now, it's just, it's incredible. You know, I'm, I'm just 
proud of it, excited that I was able to do that. Not everyone gets that opportunity. So I was very fortunate for sure. So you've been a player, uh, you've had some goals uh, and you've been able to achieve some of those goals and you were part of the team to bring the first professional hockey championship to uh, the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. And we are certainly thankful for that. Uh, and you became a 2019 Kelly cup champion. Uh, what that must've meant, because you know, when you win a championship, this is something I've often said, you win together, you walk together for life. And uh, you have that relationship that can never be touched, never be broken, but to be proud to be, you know, part of the family here of Newfoundland and Labrador, but to be able to bring that championship, even on a, let's just get a little greedy for a second. Let's just, you know, oh, oh, what it meant to you and your family just to win that championship. I was special. I remember, I try to remember a little bit that night, I was pretty wild, but uh, definitely FaceTimed them from, uh, I can't remember exactly where I was in the rink, but I know I FaceTimed them. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, definitely special. It's just come full circle. I mean, when it, obviously they're, you know, win it for them really to win it for them. But like you said, win it for the city of St. John's in Newfoundland and Labrador. And, and like, like I said, the entire province, um, certain people like Ryan Rogers has been there since the baby leaves, you know, uh, Adam party, like, you know, and Ryan Claude to go down mid season and have snowy step in, win it for those guys. Like there was just, there was no one single person. It was, it was just a collective group winning it for like their family, their friends. There was just so many people that you can look at and be like, ah, oh, like we did it for you. We did it for you. And, and just certain people and individuals that were part of that special group. But uh, no, I was very special. I mean, I've watched the championship game on June 4th, the last two years now. I hooked it up to the TV and when they did the live thing and I, and I, I sit there from start to finish, watch it. I'll, you know, I watch some highlights of it, some videos and stuff kind of gets me motivated. Uh, brings a few tears to the eyes every now and then, but uh, no, definitely a special moment. Hard to, you know, sit back and not be able to defend it, especially the second year, probably even better than our first year. Uh, wow. And our first year was incredible. Obviously yeah. we were able to win. And then, you know, just uh, haven't been fully paying attention to the Kelly cup finals. Um, but uh, I was cheering obviously for former growlers to do well, but uh, I don't think there's any left now in the mix. So I'm just kind of not really fully paying attention to it. You know, just, you know, just not being able to defend it still rubs me the wrong way. And that's all I could say about it. But uh, you know, hopefully the growlers be able to uh, get back on the horse here soon and, and you know defend it when you win a championship you're blessed to get a ring do we have that little bit of bling hanging around there a little bit right here it's funny because uh, i give it to my dad to wear I, I i don't wear it i wore it the the first night there yeah i'm sure a lot of people have seen it now too but i, I wore it uh, that first night during the game i wasn't playing that first game when, or that game when we got the rings but uh don't really wear it as much obviously i'm very proud of it i have like the display here in my room but um you know it was like it was it was kind of closing the chapter uh, and starting another one that night. So obviously excited to win it, but then, you know, the goal was to go do it again and, and kind of still is the goal to today. Um, but uh, yeah, no, very proud of it. Obviously pretty cool, good weight, good size, you know, something I'll have forever to remember the, that special season. There you are. Rose. I don't quite have the same one as you, but I have the, little replica ring there little replica yeah, sure look exact same though i know i'm pretty yeah, sure not, maybe different. not quite exactly the same yeah, pretty good pretty <laughs> good detail for a replica it's phenomenal actually and i got it the, it's on display in my uh little uh little library in the back here so it's 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 yeah. on display there so listen uh you've you put the skates 
somewhat on the shelf for a couple of months here and, and uh, became the assistant coach of the uh, Cranbrook Bucks. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how that came about and uh, your experience as a coach behind the bench? Yeah, it's a crazy story. I'll try and make it short because obviously you, you probably wouldn't know all the little details along the way, but uh, uh, last fall I was able to go out to Edmonton uh, and uh, help out uh, Aaron Menard and Brennan Menard, who are two brothers from the city here. Uh, Brennan coaches the CIS team here. So he brought me out there with him and we, I helped him with their uh, Casey uh, hockey club there. They got like a program there from, I think, uh, U12 to U18 there. So I helped with their, uh, it was only supposed to be a week and a half, helped with their, uh, you know, um, camp there and helped them pick the teams and I ended up staying like six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it was, it ended up being a lot longer and I just enjoyed it. So I was kind of helping them and kind of learning from both of them. Uh, and then uh, I came home. Uh, for Thanksgiving, they went out to Newfoundland and then I just started training cause I didn't know what was really next. And then I, it was a Friday. I uh, just got a massage and Aaron and me, I was in a group chat with Aaron and his coaches. And, uh, he kind of said, yeah, I'm back boys, but not for long. And I thought, you know, why aren't you back for long? And then he's like, I'll call you shortly. So he calls me and he's like, I'm going out to Cranbrook as the assistant coach job. Uh, and then he's like, would you be interested? And I'm like, in my head thinking like, what? And I, I text him back. I was like, I'm hundred percent in if you are. So that's a Friday. Uh, afternoon and long story short uh, he mentioned it to head coach Ryan Donald if you're looking for a third coach uh, I got someone who's interested and um, the rest kind of history that was like four o'clock uh, coach Donald called me called me around six uh, or texted me at six called me around eight my time and midnight it was literally midnight I'm sitting beside my mom trying to book a flight out to Edmonton the next day got out to Edmonton the next day and Aaron and I drove up Sunday and and like I said it was like that like I wouldn't have had that opportunity, honestly, if it wasn't for Aaron and, and Brennan just almost kind of like, I always knew who his brother was, but Brennan bring me in last year. who's an absolute wizard, by the way. I think he'll be uh, in the NHL one day if he wants it as some kind of skill coach or development coach. But uh, yeah, Aaron brought me along and then obviously was able to go out and meet Ryan Donald. Actually the, the owner of that team is Scott Niedemeyer is one of them. Uh, the owner and goalie coach is uh, Nathan Lewin, who's with the Buffalo Sabres uh, organization. So a really, really good group there. Really good. Org- like it really felt like kind of like the growlers of the BCHL in a right. sense. It was our inaugural season, um, but it was a good experience. Um, I was just happy that those kids were able to kind of showcase themselves and give themselves an opportunity at either a WHL or a major junior look or some kind of scholarship. Uh, so it was, uh, it was good um, record, probably not the best. I think we won three games, but uh, we were in with Penticton who's obviously top probably five every year across Canada and trail who's a, an older grittier team, but a really cool experience. I enjoyed it. Um, definitely had the edge to just play like, you know, just while I was standing yeah. on the bench, like it just, you know, you kind of almost like when wow. someone's going to hit someone, you kind of just move with it or someone scores. And uh, it was a cool experience seeing from that side, uh, learning from the kids obviously and, and what their needs are and how to, you know, put them in the best possible position to succeed. Uh, my role out there was kind of just help out wherever it was needed. I kind of took ownership on just face-offs and, and face-off plays. Uh, Aaron helped me with that a little bit as well. And then uh, just kind of more of a player's coach, really. I, you know, it's not like Ryan was intimidating, but he obviously he, he earned the respect of the team, which was, you know, good to see. But I was able to kind of be that little bit of glue in between, you know, maybe a little bit more buddy-buddy uh, outside the rink. I mean, just being out of hockey and stuff like that, they're able to throw a couple extra jabs at me and it wouldn't really affect me and I can kind of, you know, give and take with the players, which is fun, jump in some of the drills and, and just have fun with them and keep it loose for them. But uh, definitely a really cool experience in arguably one of the best junior leagues in Canada. And, and I think will be a very good 
program moving forward. They're in really good hands, like I said, with Nathan and Ryan there. And then moving forward with some of their players, some of the players couldn't come back because of the border was closed. Every team had that problem in the BC league. So, and we had a lot of injuries. I mean, we went there with 24 players and we had 14 forwards to start. We had seven healthy forwards by the last couple of games. We were calling up guys had to quarantine for like 10 days just to get into our bubble um, to play some of those games from midget hockey or U18, uh, I think it's called now, sorry. And, uh, but no, it was a cool experience. Penticton was our bubble. Uh, we were at the resort there, all our meals at the hotel, um, walking to and from the rink every day, a nice, nice spot along the lake. Uh, but no, no complaints, like unbelievable. They treated us well. Like I, like I said, I was literally just busy training, had a massage on a Friday. That's when I like to do my recovery stuff. And boom, like I'm out the next day and, and 12 weeks later, I'm back home. Like it was just... It, it was a grind, but by the end of it, it just felt like it went quick. And it, it was just a cool experience that I was very fortunate. Like I said, like it, again, it's just those relationships I was able to build. If I wasn't out in Edmonton three, four months prior, like I'm not getting a call on a text from Aaron to, you know, and then obviously Ryan after that. So it was a cool experience that, uh, like you said, I was able to be on the bench now and just see it from a different perspective, even making my decision. I had to call snowy and just say, Hey, like, what do you think? Like, you know, I, <laughs> And he said, well, why wouldn't you? What else are you going to do? He's like, yeah, you're right. Boom. And uh, so he obviously helped with the decision as well. My parents, I, I didn't really ask my parents. I just said, hey, I'm, I'm kind of taken off and just went with it. It's incredible. You take no time to make a decision. Like you just follow your heart and you follow your passion. As soon as something comes your way, you are gone. And, and I love that about you. So, you know, I wanted to uh, chat today. I wanted to, two of us to get together. I felt you as a player, you as a, uh, you know, a coach now. Uh, and we talk a little Stanley Cup. Who's going to keep this a little light here today? And we're going we're gonna to kick this off. At the time we record today, um, this will hit at 8 o'clock Newfoundland time, which will be about an hour and a half an hour and uh, 45 minutes uh, from puck drop time. That'll be 6.30 uh, Eastern in uh, Ontario. Uh, when uh, this breakdown of the NHL 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs takes place. Uh, so I'm going to officially welcome you to the Scurvy Cali show. And uh, we're going to break down the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. What has been your impression of the overall playoffs so far? That's been good. Like I said, it's a very uh, unique situation, a unique year, shortened season. Uh, you know, they're able to get to this point, you know, pretty successfully though being, you know, a lot of COVID protocol. I mean, it's, I didn't have to really deal with it. Like I said, I was in a bubble as a coach. I didn't have to go through it as a player. So I, I mean, being away from their family and their friends to, to get where they are, a lot of sacrifices were made. I mean, I give them all the credit in the world. It wasn't uh, easy. So, I mean, I think we're just fortunate to be able to watch hockey and, and be upset with outcomes and be happy with outcomes. I mean, we're lucky we're even able to be any of those kind of situations and they're able to play on national television for us to watch. So it's been exciting, obviously, uh, you know, uh, it's, it, it'll be cool to see who wins the, the cup. You're obviously having a Canadian team in the final now um, be good for Canada. And then obviously Tampa, I mean, they're uh, unbelievable team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, your insight as a player and a coach would be certainly uh, appreciated, especially somebody who's gone through a, a championship run and what that uh, encompasses and round after round and everything. But a little breakdown on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, tonight it's the uh, Montreal Canadiens versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game one tonight in Tampa Bay. And the run has been incredible for both teams, really, because it's, it's incredibly tough 
to come back and 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 to to go down a repeat trail and and uh, to watch these two teams uh, do what they do and you know if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning their first opponent the Florida Panthers and the, the passion that was involved with the Battle of Florida was incredible then they went on in what was a short but hard physical uh, round with the Carolina Hurricanes and then to get into a game seven one nothing uh, victory over the New York Islanders to you know to kind of punch their ticket through and then we look at the Montreal Canadiens the first time a Canadian team has been in the NHL finals in 10 years when the President's Trophy winning Vancouver Canucks got in at that point in time uh, quite a while ago now and uh, we look at Montreal who was actually 18th overall but the last seed this year to get into the playoffs at 16 uh, they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs um, and uh, that was certainly a passionate seven game series felt like half the country was divided during that round, but it was incredible to watch uh, for that. And then they go ahead and sweep the Winnipeg Jets. Incredible that way. And obviously, uh, along the way, their third underdog series, which they weren't expected at any point in time to beat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And now they punch their ticket in. So we have the Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. And um, what's your impression so far now of, of, of this playoff series, this championship series? It'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I, it really can go either way. It's they're, they're two phenomenal goalies in each net. Um, I think the Habs. I mean, it, it was kind of like our like it's. I could see a little bit of Habs in us just with having a you know Michael Gartig in our net and McAdam as a backup. I mean, you know, two good goalies there kind of give you a chance every night, and then you just kind of ride the highs and lows and try to you know be in between. I mean, the Habs have the depth. Um, their, their younger guys are stepping up and being and having success. It's just, it feels like everyone's kind of just pulling in the same direction. And, you know, that bit series where they came back against the Leafs, you know, they ride the high Winnipeg's sitting for a bit. They're able to go in there and get four quick ones. I mean, it's just, it just seems like everything's kind of clicking, you know, they're never really out of a game. I mean, there, there's going to be times where you're stuck in your end and, you, and you're grinding and that's okay. I mean, you just, the thing is, I, I remember having a conversation with someone like last week about the Habs. It's just like from the outside, everyone's picking against them, but you know what, like, when you go through those runs, like no one really knows besides those players in that, that, that locker room. You know what I mean? Like when, when teams are like, Oh, the Habs are done. Like you could say that. Yeah. From an outsider looking in, but you have no idea what their mentality is and how that locker room is. And it looks like they have a strong locker room. I mean, it's, it's evident. I mean, for them to come back in series and do the things that they've done. So definitely a special group over there that's coming together at the right time. And, and you just got to make it there. I mean, now it's just a, it's a race to four wins. I mean, it, anything can happen. It, you can have a couple bounces that go your way. You can have bounces that go against you. And I mean, and, and Tampa, obviously winning it last year, they're, they're one of the best teams, one of the better organizations in the league, you know, um, a lot, a lot of skill, a lot of scoring over there. I mean, but you got price to maybe answer that bell too. That's why I said, it's just, it's gonna be two, maybe a little bit different style teams playing against each other. And, I mean, anything can honestly happen. I couldn't tell you it's going to go five, six, seven. I mean, I almost hope it goes seven just to give us a few extra games to watch. I mean, it, it's hockey. It's fun to watch, but uh, it'll be interesting. Like I said, it, it, it could really go either way. I mean, it's they both teams are able to get there, and now it's whatever happens, happens. Just lost you for a little bit, Todd. Well, I'm back. <laughs> uh, no, and you know, um, when we look at both franchises and we look at both teams, and you had mentioned just a minute ago that uh, nobody knows 
what the belief is unless they're inside that locker room. And I believe the Montreal Canadiens are just sitting back laughing at everybody right now. And not in the sense that they, but they truly, truly believe. And that's got to come right from the top. Uh, I know that even was mentioned recently that the legendary Patrick Waugh said that when Jacques Demers was their coach back in 1993, the last time they had won the Stanley Cup, he had such a belief that everybody believed in him. And I believe that Montreal really believes in their game plan. And I think that their makeup, their DNA of their hockey club, uh, from day one, I think they wanted to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they knew that they could, their system would be successful in the playoffs. Uh, and I think that they play a style that I've kind of broken down in the sense that um, a lot of teams, a lot of franchises will talk about puck possession, puck possession, puck possession. And at some point in time, somebody has to carry the puck in that situation, which results in a lot of turnovers. I think Montreal has a game plan where it's not about possession. It's about puck placement. That puck placement has really worked for them. You know, it's it's really putting it in places where they need to be successful. I think they bought in early, and I think they laugh. I think they love the fact that they're the underdogs. Uh, they've got a real good mix of, of obviously, arguably the two best goalies on a game-by-game -game basis uh, in the game today. Uh, they have a wall of defense right now, uh, and uh, they have some skill up front as well that's sort of now kind of uh, broken through. But the Tampa Bay Lightning also have that – that they seem to be able to play any style that's given to them. They can grind you out in a one nothing game like they've done so many times, and they can also play that high-octane offense, being able to punch in eight goals a game and that. So it's incredible. Really, I think it's probably going to be one of the most exciting Stanley Cup playoffs that we will have seen in recent history. Yeah, like you said, Tampa is just – the thing about them is, yeah, they have skilled players that can, you know, put up offense, like you said, on any given night, but they're workhorses. I mean, look at Braden Point. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game, if not the best player. I mean, he, but he, he'll work. You know, he'll get into those gritty areas. He's not afraid to, uh, you know – get his nose dirty and compete. I mean, that's the thing about Tampa is, yeah, they could score, but they'll compete. They're not afraid to uh, have a, you know, head to head game. They're not afraid to have a little bit of a race track or track meet against each other teams. So, I mean, like you said, it, it's interesting. I mean, it could, it could really go either way. I mean, again, it's the belief in those locker rooms that we don't get to see that will ultimately come out on top. Incredible drafted 79th overall Braden point 78 players were picked ahead of him uh, in his draft year. So incredible third round draft choice and arguably uh, one of the most impactful hockey players in the, uh, in the game today. It's, it's incredible to watch. So we're going to see, uh, obviously both teams have incredible defense, uh, you know, with regards to Montreal and their solid uh, depth there. I, mean, I think we have arguably, um, you know, probably the most impactful uh, uh, defenseman in the game today, Victor Hedman, uh, and their unit as well. They all seem to be very solid from the goal out, uh, you know, in Carey Price and, and, and Vasilevsky uh, and the defenseman. Um, what would be, a, a, the for you, the most important uh, storyline going in for the Montreal Canadiens and probably the most story, important storyline going in for the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight's game? That's tough. I mean, just uh, probably the success that the young guys are having on the Habs, if they can continue that. I mean, that that's carried them a lot, and that's fine. I mean, they, they needed those guys to step up. I think that was one of the questions going in, if I remember correctly, but they're having success, and they've had success throughout the playoffs and, and continuing that. And then it's, it's, it's the Tampa just, you know, being the, you know, the team to win it, the team that's chosen to win it and going in and competing and, and uh, you know, kind of just setting the tone and, and dictating pace. I mean, like I said, Montreal, I think the younger team, you know, 
uh, not as much experience. So you can maybe use that to your advantage. But like I said, uh, those young guys have stepped up all the way and, you know, it's just another series for them to do it. So like I said, it, it, it could really go either way is Habs, you know, they, they bend, but they haven't broken yet. And this could be the time when they do, or they're going to keep bending and just not breaking and be able to uh, outlast uh, all the teams and win. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Like I said, Tampa, we already know what they're capable of. They did it last year and, and they're more than capable to be able to do it again, but a uh, new opponent this year. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think one of the factors for Montreal right now has to be Brendan Gallagher. Uh, you know, he really hasn't scored, you know, in a, quite a long time. And he, uh, game three in, in against Vegas, he had 17 shots in that series, uh, which was the highest total beyond any player. So it would be interesting to see if they could break out some of those guys because they Montreal really rides the emotion of the way he plays. And it would be interesting to see if, if he could chip in. And I know his line is kind of put in more of a defensive situation. And obviously a lot of offense will come off special teams. But Montreal's penalty killing has been incredible. So it, it just seems to be like that true heavyweight championship fight where you know you have the high octane offense against the defense and the penalty killing uh, that that's there and you know there's so many team factors that are that are going head to head but i think that the overhaul question mark going into today's game has to be the health of uh, nikita kucherov just probably the most impactful playoff hockey player in recent times and there's some you know spec Yeah. Is it windy on the rock today? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're floating out in the, in the ocean here today. <laughs> it's uh, We're almost drowned. Uh, yeah, and I just mentioned uh, uh, prior to that that I think the health of Nikita Kucherov is going to be a big question mark tonight going into tonight's game. You have arguably a guy who has 122 career playoff points, and that's 36 more than the next uh, player uh, since he's been in, and that's Sidney Crosby, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it's it's – the question mark regarding because that affects uh, how you approach the game. Are you going to be physical on him? Are you going to, you know, where you're going to, how much are you going to give him with regards to power play time and those kind of? There is even some talk that Tampa Bay may not even dress him tonight, give him game one to rest, uh, you know, knowing that they have uh, so many games beyond that. So that's a big question mark hanging over this team in this playoff tonight. Yeah, no, he's definitely an impact player, someone who could take over a game or a series at any point. Like you said, I mean, he, he puts up offense, but it's just like players like that, you got to obviously play hard. You know, you got to get a bump on them. You got to make it hard for them. I mean, you look back to our championship, Obi could probably barely walk at the end of that series here, that that playoff series or the entire playoffs. I mean, he was pretty crippled. He was getting hit every time he touched the puck. And that's how you got to play those players. But usually those elite players are able to find ways to still score. And, and that's why Cooch is, you know, elite as he is because he still gets the job done and he's getting ran and he's getting sticked uh, night in and night out. So, um, but you got to continue to play them that way and, and try to make them want to quit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, he, I'm sure you'll have an answer at this time of year. I mean, whether he's hurt or not, I mean, you guys play hurt all the time. We obviously had injuries in our, in our run. Uh, it, it's just, you kind of, that kind of just gets pushed under the rug and, and you kind of play through it. I mean, with the, the Stanley cup four wins away. I'm, I'm sure those injuries aren't really, uh, I mean, obviously they hurt and uh, they might affect your play a little bit, but uh, it ain't probably going to stop many players, no matter what the injury is. 
No, it's it's incredible. And you've been in those rooms to, to be able to see just what kind of pain is going on at these point in times. And, you know, you really don't feel it. There's a real big difference at this time of year between hurt and injured. And uh, there's a really, uh, there's certainly a really big t- difference between uh, those aspects. So uh, tonight we have game one. Uh, do we have any predictions as to how game one is going to go? That's tough. Like I said, a little, it, score, it, little, little, uh, little wager, a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Like it's like, I couldn't tell you. I mean, like it's in, it's in Tampa. I mean, I, my guess is Habs want to win one on the road. I mean, you want to try and get a split on the road to come back home, you know? So, I mean, I would assume that they'd want to get out to a quick start. Um, it'll be interesting to see who gets on top of the, like, the other team first. I mean, it's like I said, it, it'll be a feeling out process too, I'm sure. Um, so we might see a bit of a stall at the beginning just because it's, it's, it's usually how it is, how series starts. Sometimes you don't know. I mean, these teams haven't seen each other since last year, I think now, I mean, it's been over a year probably with the, the Canadian division there. So it'll just, like I said, be cool to see, uh, how this one plays out. But again, I'm all four or seven games just because it's hockey. We only got two weeks left of it and we don't know exactly how things will shape out in the future. Things are looking promising. So just trying to enjoy it and, uh, just sit back as a fan. I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have anything in these, this final. I mean, I was a Red Wings fan growing up, obviously was cheering for Leafs being in our organization. So it's just kind of just watching as a fan right now. I'm not really a, uh, Oh, you're a Red Wings fan and a Leafs fan. So all you can do is watch right now. So yeah. uh, the, uh, I'm going to go on the record and say that Montreal takes game one tonight, three to one uh, Tampa Bay have a history of responding 13 and 0 after losing uh, in a playoff. So I believe that they'll take game two and then we'll head back to the Belle Provence. And hopefully, as you said, we will play as much as possible. But I will say that I believe the Montreal Canadiens will raise their 25th Stanley Cup banner on a six game series. So, so it'll be in Tampa then, right? Yeah. Uh, no, nope, we'll, we'll be, be Montreal. It'll be Montreal, Montreal, yeah. Montreal and it'll be an incredible party. And, uh, and I believe that they will bring the Stanley Cup back to Canada. So. Hopefully they'll add a few more fans in that building too. That'd yeah. Be nice. I, and I really hope so too. I think it's time for us to move on from those kind of things and, and to, uh, to really enjoy uh, for what it is. I, I'm hoping that this is not going to be this, the last time that we get to do this. Uh, we've always had an incredible chemistry and I, and I love uh, uh, that you're taking the time to kind of come on here and, and, and be a little light, you know, be a, uh, to be able to, for me, uh, like I've said so many times uh, that I get asked what, one life live it means and uh, especially getting into this podcast but truly it's waking up uh, you know one day the day before you die and realizing that you gave it your all and I think that's what I've seen in you as a person as a player as a coach as somebody who's been a, a fixture in all the communities that you've been in you really are giving everything that you have in your life and I, and I love that about you um, it resonates in everything that you do yeah, you play a game and yeah, you make a living on the ice, but uh, you're really going to take this uh, uh, this passion that you have for life to so many different levels. The relationships you have is just indicative. And I and I love that you're blazing a trail. You're, you've shown what it takes to just, you know, grab those decisions that you've had in life and uh, to really embrace them and move on with them and pave the way and show people, you know, uh, what it takes to really, uh, to really live that one life you've been given. And I'm thankful that you shared even the shortest stories that you did today and a little bit of hockey insight and, as a player and that, but. Uh,
And what I've taken from that experience with you is that, uh, you know, you are really blessed and you really are thankful and that you really truly do live an incredible um, life of gratitude. And, um, and uh, I'm thankful to know you. I'm thankful that I got to know you even a little bit better today. And, uh, and I'm thank you for you sharing uh, just a couple of stories with us. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we stayed in touch through this whole pandemic, had some good stories to share. It's been, it's been great, uh, Callie. Uh, hopefully I'll see you sooner rather than later. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I hope so too as well. And again, thank you so much for, uh, for popping by today and spending some time with us. I hope this is not our only time. I hope we get to do this again real soon. And, uh, and again, I'm so blessed that you did spend the time with us today. So, for everybody that's out there, tune in tonight. Uh, we will be live at 8 o'clock Newfoundland time, 6.30 Ontario time when you hear uh, what we have to uh, say about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm so thankful uh, for Todd and joining us on episode 5 of One Life Live It podcast. And this is our Stanley Cup breakdown preview. Um, and we are live on all of your uh, applications uh, with regards to uh, Apple, Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio. We are out there on all your mediums. And we have our YouTube channel as well. So please like, share, and subscribe. And we would love to continue to create and stay on this journey along with you. So again, Todd, thank you so much. Uh, number 15 on the back, but number one in our hearts. Love that. Thanks, Callie. Talk to you soon. Take care.